Oh, there he is. What's going on? It's it's becoming very clear that your podcast setup is very superior to mine. How so? Well, look at my background. It, it just looks like like my video looks terrible because the color there's no color behind me. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a course dark. you can do. I was going to do this course by this guy. His name's Mo McCray. Okay. And and he did all of the stuff for like um, he does this stuff around online video presence and stuff like that. So send me that. I'll do it. The, the thing is, I've actually got some okay equipment here. It's just that I'm in a room that is like massive. If I turn the light on, I look like I'm getting shone on from the high heavens. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just sent you so, the um, link, mate. It's five hundred. Oh, happy bucks, birthday, but... by the way. Oh, thank you. How oh, good. I'm 50. Have you got a beer? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a beer. I've got a um, Big Shed Californicator. Oh, very good. Okay, let's do a little. Oh, what have you got? God, damn it. I've got, hang on. See, that's that blue. Those blue backgrounds suck because. I agree, but it looks pretty shitty without it. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's better for, for the screen grab. It's better. <laughs> okay what have you got very good i've got the uh mountain culture status quo pale ale which i noticed does not have an Is independent beer label on it which i'm not going to bring up tonight don't worry i don't want to no we need i've legend. got a, i've got a hawkers here but, neither does that but this oh, does interesting okay yeah well, they, well maybe, um well, yeah that's wanna, really interesting i don't want to start a fight so i'm not going to bring it up but i thought that yeah. was interesting i'm a lover not a fighter yeah, no, same. Should we let her in rather than making her wait? Because we've got oh, a, you we've know got a guest, don't we? Okay. Yeah, well, there we go. Okay, let's do it. It's not all about you and your birthday, is it? Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, do you want to introduce the guest before you let them in? Yes, okay. Well, she's okay. on her way. So anyway, okay. this evening uh, we've got um, uh, Kylie Lethbridge, who is the, um, oh, I don't know if it's managing director or CEO, CEO. or something like that. CEO of the Independent Brewers Association. And she's just sorting out her audio and that sort of thing. And there's going to be all these warnings going, ah, it's being recorded. And then there's like, oh, there's an AI thing and that sort of thing. How are you, Kylie? Hey, Steve. How are you? Awesome. Call me Hendo because only my mum calls me Steve. Well, this so. is this is already a much more formal podcast than we've done before. <laughs> You're yeah. being called Steve. Oh, no, Stephen Patrick. That's what my mum says when I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> how are you doing? Dan. Hello, Hendo. How are you doing? Hello, how are you? Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Anytime. Cheers. Um, Cheers it's to good to see you. What are, oh, what are you drinking let, there, let's get, a, let's get a screen grab of the um of the beer. I'm drinking I'm drinking a, a local. I live in regional Victoria, and these guys are relatively new. They're called the Lost Watering Hole in Lansfield. They're oh. a cracker. Very good. Ooh, what they style of beer mega, is that? They found megafauna. In Lansfield, like big native animals, big bones and stuff. So all their beers yeah. are kind of themed based on um, mega fauna, like big, big platypuses and big emus and all that sort of thing. Not a bad beer. Uh, what style funny. is it? I think it's a pilsner. No, it's a draft. Was that a cat or a dog in the background? That was a dog. What's see? Dog, this is this name? is why I blur the background, Hendo. You see. I'm going to get back to the blurred background because it's just anybody that meets with me needs to handle the cat getting on the and the dog coming in and out. Uh, she's a boxer, Hendo. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us this evening, and at such short notice as well. And um, 
mm-hmm. um, because there's been a lot happening this week and and that sort of thing. And so hence the reason why I'm drinking a Big Shed beer and I've got a Hawkers over here as well. So um, And you'll forgive good. me because I'm doing a lot of talking at the minute and I've, I've been a little poorly with some virus. So if my voice starts to go, please forgive me. Oh, oh that's no. okay. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on. We're actually, I'm sure this week is a very busy week for you. My first question has nothing to do with beer. I want to know if you've got any association with my favourite winery, Lethbridge. No, I haven't. (laughs) I wish I had because their wine is gorgeous, yeah? It's so good. Their Chardonnay is one of my favourites, like, ever. Um, But no, not a relation. They're, They're on the... They're kind of the west of Victoria to me. I've been to the winery; it's fantastic. But um, no, we we're we're not related. If we are, it's very distant. Just fake well, it till you make it. Just walk 100%. around with a bottle, go. Yeah, this is my winery, and <laughs> I would definitely be doing the Pinot. The Skin Contact Pinot Gris is like my favorite wine. It's not cheap, but it's extremely good. Mm. Nothing that's boutique. You know, that it's not a huge winery, so nothing that's. Um, no boutique in that size and scale is is ever super cheap, but mm. it you know value I think for uh, a gorgeous mouth. It's wonderful. I agree. Um, I also I also have a serious question as my first proper question. In <laughs> in the recent IBA federal government submission, you guys wrote the environment for independent brewing is dire. Um, so what's going on in the beer industry? I think you guys talked about it last week and and since then, um, you know, we've had hawkers and and Big Shed go into voluntary administration. Those are the things that you see. Those are the things that hit the media. What what you don't, what the, you know, general public, I don't mean the two of you, but what's not seen is those that are just quietly closing their door, those that are restructuring down because they've got empty tanks, they've reduced production, they've uh, cut back to core range, so staff are losing their jobs, um, and that's across the country. Nobody, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of breweries that are immune to the layer upon layer of impacts that are um, hitting the industry at the minute. So, you know, I do, uh, and, and I wouldn't use that language if it wasn't true. You know, we fought, I, you know, I and the IBA and breweries fought tooth and nail through COVID, but this is super different. This feels different, and on on the whole scale, it's uh, it, it it's quite a bit different. The other thing that you need to do when you talk to federal government is impress on them the, the situation, and so that language is needed at that point. Yeah. Why, why do you well, think it is different? Do you think do you think it's a more permanent change? Like I, I guess COVID, we all kind of assumed it was going to go away and and we'd all go back to normal. And everybody was boozing on online alcohol, home delivery. You know, every you know people were reveling in that. We had the excise increase at you know in the middle of that, and the rebate increase, I should say. So that was a boon for 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 many. Um, but I guess the issues. What's happening now, and and I do say, you know, the old Sarah Lee cake, if you're as old as I am, model of layer upon layer upon layer, because we already knew we had uh, little to 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 know in some instances no access to taps in venues and now fridges. We've got supermarket brands that are, you know, quickly new brands, uh, you know, every couple of weeks. We've got uh, all of the 
you know, inputs of cost of goods have gone through the roof, freight's killing us and many other industries, packaging's gone up, uh, consumer trends have changed in what they're drinking. I just saw some new stats on RTDs today. I'm like, well, one in every five, you know, and, and so it's if it was one or two of those elements that were impacting, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as then inflation and people just, you know, can't afford to pay their bills, let alone buy what we know is uh, beer at a price point that's um, in, in bad times not particularly affordable. It's a very different future than, than one that was predicted, I recall, um, and, and IBA uh, annual general meeting before your time, highly, I think it was probably... Uh, maybe 2015, 2016, and that sort of thing. When 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 Jamie Cook was was sort of at, at the helm, and he, you know, I, I, re- I recall seeing a PowerPoint presentation about you know how um, you know independent cra- slash craft beer was at about seven or eight or nine percent of the market share of the total beer market, and there was this prediction that it was going to go to twenty to twenty five percent within the next five years, and that sort of thing. Those things that you just mentioned are they the reason why it didn't pan out that way, or what? What I, you know, I mean, even that's even pre-pandemic, I suppose yeah. we're talking. You know, I, I think that this, the the uh, strategic plan that I inherited when I started said you know fifteen percent um, within the next ten years of market share, and and if you look at the you know any any industry a growth tra- trajectory that was going the way it was that may have been a reasonable assumption and certainly. Yeah if not an assumption, something to aim for. Um, and, uh, and you, you know, you guys have been in this longer than me, so you knew what that, you know what that graph looked like at that point in yes. time. And then you had, a, um, you know, another evolution when the IBA this went this way and, and the new constitution was developed and, and it defined independence. And so there was a whole lot of activity that happened. My first day uh, was the first day of lockdown in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I rarely say it out loud or publicly, but I, I, you know, I say to the board and the team, what would this four years have been like for me had we not had a global pandemic? What, what mm. would it have been like mm. for the IBA? Because honestly, I've been in a bunker for four years fighting multiple wars. Um, and so nobody could predict that firstly or the impact that that would have. And yes, we had JobKeeper and we had all these other things that were in place. But the second that tap was switched off, and people had to fend for themselves and businesses had to fend for themselves. Those that had fallen back on capital reserves and had none, those that invested heavily because every second person was looking for a canning line um, and, and then that growth didn't pan out. Then we hit 2023 and, again, we're not the only industry. We just saw, I think, bow repairs, one of the oldest, gone, 700 mm. jobs lost. So this is an impact uh, that's, I think, been cumulative over 12 months and the problem I think Dan to try and answer or come back to your question is there's not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel Mm. particularly when you look at what consumers are choosing to drink so if it was all the other bits that might be fine and we might be able to do more work in trying to educate the consumer as to why they should buy local buy Australian Um, but if they're not buying beer I think that's one of the challenges. Well, I think it was always a thing, wasn't it? When when we came into the industry, it was sort of like we knew beer was declining, but craft beer was it was just assumed it would follow the American sort of trend, and and we'd sort of all been over to America and we'd seen what was happening there, and we were excited about kind of that coming here, and and I guess for all of these reasons you've mentioned, that hasn't happened. 
Um, but one thing, I, when I read through the submission to the government and when I listened to a lot of the commentary around these voluntary administrations and the issues that these companies have had, it's it's always pitched as a COVID-related thing and it's kind of it's kind of pitched as all of these companies had a lot of debt coming out of COVID and now they're going into VA only because they, they can't service that debt. And I don't know if that's 100% true. I mean, I, I know, well, I know it's not 100% true. Let, let me put it that way. I know, it's not, I know it's not true for every company. I know in 2021, a lot of breweries were doing very well, well, well past COVID. And a lot of breweries didn't have much excise debt at all because breweries don't like getting into excise debt because the ATO were a pain in the ass. You don't want, you don't want to have a debt to the ATO. Um, so I wonder, I mean, you'd have to see all the P&Ls and the financials to know the true answer, but I just wonder how many of these companies are in this position actually not related to COVID, but just based on the fact that 2021 was such a good year that they invested so heavily in expansion and then 20, late 2022, 2023 hit and they realized, oh man, this is actually not going to keep growing. Now I'm actually screwed. I think that um, I think firstly that every case is different. I think that every VA from ballistic to tribe to bad shepherd to wayward, I think they're all different. They've all got different management, different company structures, different shareholders, and so their obligations um, will be different. I think possibly right. Um, some or maybe many of those invested and possibly invested on a wave. Um, However, I uh, I also think that some of them um, have had little to no other debt other than a tax debt. And I know as well that the, um, the challenge of negotiating, even if you've met every single payment since the day you had to start paying back, not missed it by a minute, there's not a lot of flexibility in if you want 100 cents in the dollar now, it'd be really great if you could give me another two years. Mm. And and in some instances, that's happening. They're getting two and three years. In mm. others, it's, yeah, not seven days. And so some of those triggers uh, are different for all. I can't and we can't work out any rhyme or reason as to why Brewery A will get an extension and Brewery B won't. So you're I saying that the ATO is applying payment terms differently to different breweries without any sort of policy in place. Or mm. rhyme or reason that we can determine, Hendo. They may have a strategy. We know that the country's got the largest tax debt, I think, in history, and they're trying to work that down because it's in the billions. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other challenge, too, is we know that many, because, you know, we have 450-odd brewery members and, um, and, and all of them contact us at some point, regardless of size and scale, and so we also know that uh, November, October, November last year, there was a lot of talk around we're hoping for a bumper summer. We're hoping for, you know, that bumper mm. summer is going to get us into X, Y, and Z. It's going to push us into blah, blah. That possibly hasn't happened or it hasn't happened to the degree in which they needed it to. And then the next excise hit came on the 5th of Feb. Mm. And so we know that many who didn't have that bumper summer and who said when that next exit, it's going to push us over the edge. Um, I think the challenge as well when you don't have a lot of debt other than that tax debt is you're trying to uh, look at reduced market access 
for your business. Um, we're being people are taking taps away, they're taking other um, avenues of wholesale and retail away. And so maybe if again, if you had if you were trying to keep up with your old obligations, then sometimes it's been very challenging to meet the current obligations as well as back pay. And mm. so that's triggered. Excise is a is a really interesting one because, um, you know, I I I I don't envy your situation, um, in in terms of having to lobby the federal government with regards to reforms to the excise system because it's a hundred and twenty year old, yeah, and it's and 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 you know, federal government after federal government has just fiddled around with it around the edges and, and that sort of thing because no one really wants to make any fundamental reforms to it. Yeah. Um, because I I suppose it's because it's it's a syntax, I suppose, and and no one wants to be seen to be cutting tax on on alcohol, I I would imagine. Do you think that 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 the reforms that that have been uh made recently, do you think that they've helped or hindered breweries? I, I think there's real mixed uh views on firstly whether or not the rebate should have increased from 100,000 to 350 at all. Um, <clears throat> obviously, many benefit from it. And um, and at that time when it was, um, when the announcement was made that it would change, it was good for most at that point in time. But there were definitely polarising views. Um, and that was sort of, as I started that excise um uh, that excise piece about the rebate was, you know, well into its its uh, its circulation within government, and, and and a lot of work had already been done. And so, and you're right, the tinkering. You know, I've been involved in committees, and and Scott Morrison, when he was the prime minister, um, developed a, a an excise reform committee. We all were jumping for joy, participated in all the consultation. It was robust. Um, there was a whole heap of recommendations. Some of them have been implemented, for example, aligning payments with BAS, so it's not weekly, it's quarterly, and a few other yes. things that would streamline. In fact, I think the word streamline was actually in the inquiry. I went back and looked at it the other day. 90% of it is not done, and now they've said, no, nah, we're not doing anything about that. So definitely tinkering around the edges. We know that the process is cumbersome, let alone the, the mechanics of it. We've spent a lot of time looking at regimes in other countries. Um, we've looked at the ways in which other governments have tried to help their beer industry. We've seen some that incentivize it because it's not a health issue and they feel it's part of their culture. You know, there's really great models to look at. But what I was told from day one was um, it's not palatable for either government because it's very hard. Uh, you've got, as you guys know, um, again, better than me, you've got spirits sitting over here, there's a different brandy tax, we've got a wine tax. You know, essentially we'd all be saying let's have a fair and equitable, equitable playing field for alcohol yeah, tax. Yeah. not saying we shouldn't pay tax ever. Um, we just want, you know, some some equity across the board as to how it's done that doesn't stifle innovation, small business, you know, local and, and, and regional and rural jobs, all the other things that we know certainly our part of the world uh, supports and provides. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you I, I I've I haven't done the 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 numbers um per se, but I'm but I'm pretty sure it's something that 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 wouldn't be too difficult to do is that if you were to look at uh just alcohol and if you were to have some sort of 
in an ideal world, an excise system where it was based on, say, a standard drink, right? Because I, I, because I think at the moment we, we, and if you want to, and if they want to call it a syntax, if they want to talk about the health benefits, let's talk about it in terms of standard drinks. I think that's a fair way to put it because that what that everyone understands that. And if there was a standard drink tax, like currently, I, I would say that wine is definitely an, a, at an advantage. Oh, don't, um, don't. Um, don't mess with my wine and spirits, price, and spirits are <laughs> and spirits would be at a disadvantage. Is going to be fifty bucks a bottle. If you Dan, Dan still wants his eleven dollar cask. <laughs> <laughs> Five liter cask. Yes, I seen him at Pinot Palooza last year. He was a machine. <laughs> Do you know what though? We joke, but it, it's it's quite right. The, the 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 even what we pay in tax per standard drink. If you compare beer to wine, it's 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 extraordinary, and um and and we you know you'll never catch us saying wine shouldn't have support. What I've said from day one, and which is the, you know, kind of the concept that we've been talking about for twelve months or so around beer, the, the the notion of beer Australia is that we want what they've got. We want you know wine Australia is a powerful beast. You you log yes. on the website, it's got the federal government logo. They've got a levy associated with the tax. Um, that gets matched. It's well supported through government, through government, state and territory, as well as federal. So we're envious, in fact, of 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 the benefits. We're not saying don't make it easy for the wine industry. We're saying we just like a little bit, a little bit of support or recognition or um, or help in difficult times. How do you think? That, I noticed that, that in the... your submission. Sorry, what is Wine Australia? How how does that work? Is that like as you? Said in there, you wanted something called Beer Australia. Um, is that is, is it a government body or is it a, a different version of the IBA? Or got, uh, Wine Australia again? Um, you know the, the the wine boom in the nineties, where it was their their graph was doing this and then sort of leveled out. Um, uh, it's a very long history. I won't profess to know all of it, but the wine industry got together, approached government, and uh, agreed via the Department of Agriculture. So, so if you look at what government department owns an industry, ours is owned by industry because we're classified as manufacturers. Whereas mm -hmm. my argument as well is here's the support that and and here's the importance for our sector that agriculture provides in this country. The fact that the winery grows, uh, makes what they grow, means they're owned by the Department of Agriculture and uh, it's legislated that the wet tax has levies. So part of the tax goes into funding Wine Australia and then the federal government mm -hmm provide extra resources for them to be able to, to deliver for objectives set out for the national economy. So um, so they've got money. Been around for a long time. They've got millions. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so the, the difference being is that brewers and distillers are manufacturers, whereas winemakers are farmers, and therefore they get support from the Department of Agriculture and that sort of thing. And, and probably also... Yes. The 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 um uh the, the the national party who who would be very much you know have have a lot of influence in rural Australia and that sort of thing would that be fair? And it yep yeah, true and and it's it's the reason uh, two things one is we've created a parliamentary friends of brewing group which uh, and there's a bunch of them MPs sign on uh, both parties both sides uh, partisan groups. Um, mm -hmm. To be is Barnaby Joyce a member of that group? Sorry, too soon. Come on. Possibly too soon. Actually, okay. I don't think so. No, um, yeah. but 
but they agreed to understand, be educated, participate, hopefully, you know, be ambassadors over time. So um, that's that's happening and going super well. Um, the other thing that we're trying to do at the minute is um, writing a grant to do some um, supply chain mapping to look at being able to build the case for uh, a circular economy for the beer industry, how we how 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 we benefit the agricultural sector, and if the and if and if this many breweries keep um, keep uh, closing their doors or or being in trouble, the impact that that's going to have and the opportunities that it has for Australian farmers. We're already starting to see breweries work directly with the farmer for either hops or barley, and there's and they and their farmers going, you beauty, I get a better price per tonne. Uh, and so there's this evolution happening. And so what we're trying to say to the government is we're not just manufacturers. We're not just got kit, canning lines and an industry, you know, we are uh, those that, that want to and, and uh, try their best, support Australian ingredients. And, you know, we are a greater part of the economy than what beer is perceived. So a lot mm. of what a lot of what I do when I talk to government is trying to change perceptions of of the beer industry and have them as well as consumers take us seriously. It's it's not a bunch of dudes with you know beards and man buns and, and black t-shirts. Yeah. Definitely you could probably take that a little bit further and like not just the integration between brewers becoming more closely aligned with with the like let's say barley growers or hop growers and that sort of thing, but there's also the potential there with regards to things like carbon reduction. If you look at some of the stuff that um, say Rocky Ridge have done in WA and becoming more aligned with um, their barley growers to tighten that supply chain for carbon reduction exactly. and cost savings. Like that, that uh, Rocky Ridge is one of the most efficient financially breweries in the country because they focus on, on their, their, their carbon footprint and that sort of thing. Oh, and that's, and when that's another, that's the when, when you take a look at, you know, Hamish and Mal are just, you know, my hats go every time I hear something they've done, I'm like, oh. you guys are just. Have you been there? Hat. Yeah. It's amazing. That that brewery is just mind blowing. And, and I just, you um, know, slow and steady wins the race. They just, yeah, absolutely. Leading the charge They're, in so many the, ways, love them, love their beer. But, you know, he, heaps of, we have a sustainability project group and, um, you know, we've got members from all over the country and they're all doing amazing things at whatever level they can do it. You've got the Capitals who got Pangolin and did the big thing. You've got um, you've got Brick Lane who's, do, who's done it a different way and that's why sustainability is one of the pillars in our 10-year roadmap because our industry cares. We've got so many examples of um of of the circular economy and again that's important because sustainability is is very much underpins a circular economy but we've got examples of spent grain being given to farmers it's happening you know it's a slipstream i think and they were saying that they were just about to give some grain to a farmer that had so so we care about this already and i think probably our industry has been doing more in this space just doing it as a matter of course now we get to celebrate it and now it, it gives us entrees into uh, acknowledgement and funding and other bits and pieces where i mm. think it was even more important because we know we are high energy users and and uh again on the whole try very much to mitigate or reduce that impact yeah very cool um 
yeah, we've sort of moved on from exercise, but I, I guess like as we sort of get to the end of our questions, we've talked about what the, the beer industry is like at the moment, but um, and we've talked about sort of some reforms to excise. However, I I don't know if those, and, and I guess you could answer this question, are those excise reforms likely to sort of improve things around the edges or are they likely to turn this current situation around? Like, is there is there a scenario where we talk a year from now and the beer industry is all of a sudden going really well because of something like excise reform or would it be something else or is it actually just not going to be as good as we thought it was going to be? I think, I think Dan, there's some, the way that I have approached what we do is, uh, I guess, some short-term gains and, and some short-term relief, whatever that be for, while the longer burn issues are churning on the side like Beer Australia. So, you know, to me, my remit and, and that of the board is if we're custodians of this for, for this point in time, our role is to understand where we've come from and where we're going in the future. And it's why we've just changed our constitution, which is out for consultation to members at uh, brewery members at the minute, um, to look at who we are for the next 10 years. So I guess, uh, and what, what we as an organisation can do to be more sustainable, so we're here to support um, and, and what the definition of independence means. And so um, that that's a long game. The creation of Beer Australia and a national recognition for our industry is a long game. Uh, the, the requests um, that are in that submission are partly short and partly long. And I would right, say right. that the the, that the the things we've suggested for excise and when it comes to a budget submission or giving a a, a government you know a government body a long a wish list of things, you put twenty times more than what you imagine you're actually going to get. Mm. Yeah. So we. Um, obviously the first three would provide temporary relief for the next 12 months until we see what the playing field is then. We see when that when that point in time changes um, because none of us can predict at the minute what is going to what is going to happen in the end of 2024 or in 12 or 18 months. So the extension on ATO payback, absolutely a game changer and will help many. Might stop VAs because, as you've just mm -hmm. said before, they've got other debts. Um, uh, the uh, indexing, the rebate, I'm not confident that we would get that. Um, mm. We've got to also remember constantly in everything we suggest that there's a health, a, a bunch of an industry out there that is well-resourced and quite powerful when it comes to anti-alcohol and the health industry. Mm. And so the people that we're asking for, for support, um, will have other people at them saying, don't do that. Yeah. And so we've tried to, again, say we're not trying to ask you to wipe a debt. We're just saying uh, can you just allow us some flexibility and if if you don't mind, can you just stop those twice yearly hikes just for a couple of years, just to let us breathe? And it will change the game for some, but it won't stop others going into, into VA or out of business because they might just be at that point in time. The other things in that federal submission are for the IBA to do some work. Uh, that research that I talked about, we want to look at some work around um, being able to have a body of research that says drinking in moderation is actually not bad for you. So when we are battling some of our opposition, we've got a better case to make. 
uh, it'll give us some funding to be able to provide more resources like the HR service that we're just about to launch, like shared buying, procurement, energy deals, which is coming along for our members as well. So um, there's some stuff in there for us. There's some stuff in there for the industry. Um, we've known forever that, you know, Hendo um, knows fine and very well that we've had a skills shortage and the training hasn't, well, the people coming through training haven't caught up. So popping, uh, you know, that on the skilled migration list um, would help because I write letters of support constantly to bring in somebody from Germany or somewhere and it's an mm. onerous, time-consuming and costly process. Mm. Uh, and the energy deal, the, the last request is because this, this federal government want everybody in industry to convert to electricity by, you know, a certain point in time and there is absolutely no way hmm. uh, that that's going to happen without some support. So, again, a very long-winded way to say some short, medium and long-term um, requests, but the crystal ball I don't have because it's it, it won't tell me what's going to happen. We just know that from member surveys, Every mashup that I did in every state last year, everything is this is what will help. Hmm. Yep. Hendo, right. you've got a couple of questions that I think we sort of touched on a little bit, but do you want to get to yeah. your final ones? Yeah. So the the one of the, the the things that I find really surprising in you know, here, here we are now in 2024. 2023 was rough as far as VAs go and that sort of thing. And as as we've already established that 2024 is not going to get much better, if anything, it's going to get worse and that sort of thing. The thing that surprises me the most is that still people out there want to start breweries yeah. in 2024, right? <laughs> Which is kind of um, a little bit scary and that sort of thing. And I and 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 I deal with this a lot in 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 you know in my day to day I, I deal with a lot of startups and stuff like that and and you, you I'm very much a realist you know and how I deal with it speak to startups and that sort of thing Dan can attest to that back in the day because I basically you know before he started um you know black ops that sort of thing I was like All right, this is the reality of what it's going to be like and this was like 2014 on that sort of thing what what's the IBA doing you know to provide either resources or guidance and that sort of thing for those who are looking to start a brewery in 2024, given the current economic climate? Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is important to talk about because, you know, I think you mentioned it on last week's pod as well, um, it is all doom and gloom. And if you, you know, you receive my comps, so I try and temper it with good news and I try and temper it with, yeah, we just got to keep fighting, you know. Um, it, and, and there are success stories. There are people that are, mm. that are businesses out there that are okay because the model that they had was the right model to start with that will allow their survival right now. And mm. that most of those are the hyper, what I call hyper-local hyper model mm. where you're taking beer out of a keg that's right there and pouring it out of a tap right here. Yes. You're not relying on distribution. You're not relying yes. on retail. You're not relying on wholesale. You don't have to worry about kegs uh, and all the other, you know, bits and bobs that come with um, the next level out. So, that, you know, they're, they're in their industrial estate or they've taken over the milk bar or whatever. They're, they're well supported in the brew pub or and usually complemented by hospitality. And they so get the best it, benefit of the excise rebate too. 
and and again the right so, size, yeah. Yeah. so the even though we know hospitality is is um is not fair and the best across the country or as well as it could be those are those models are working so to answer your question i would say if that's the model that somebody's going to if you've if you've found a gorgeous old building in a small country town uh, and you're going to pour beers you're going to you're, you're going to serve your own uh, again you've got a brew pub so the tanks are here um, and you can test the water you can support your local you know these, these guys that i was talking about they support every distillery in my region they support so many wineries and so so they have a, a variety of offerings and the food is awesome mm. and so i think that's attracting um other foodies and people that aren't necessarily there for beer so they're right. benefit so so if those and we've got i think because we have a category of our membership that's called brewery and planning it's cheaper and it just gives them access to the, the, the communications and the 20 220 plus member resources that we offer uh, mm. behind the firewall. And so, um, you know, I think at the minute we've got about 24 breweries and planning that are members. I know Brewers News used to have the brewery radar and they would report on that. Um, and I think maybe, again, it depends on the model. We we refer to experts. We never, I would never be caught dead, nor would any of the team be caught dead telling somebody how to run a business because that's mm. not what mm. we do. No. Um, and, and where there's a bunch of experts out there. So we, we give the lay of the land. We give the state of the industry. They hear everything else that everybody else does. And if they want to make that decision anyway, but what we do do is make the connections and, um, you know, <laughs> broadly, um in terms of you know i've got a, a epoxy my floor how do i do that you know so, so did i say that right epoxy yeah yeah, you the right word. yeah yeah i just had one of those that's not the right word you're practically um, a brewer now <laughs> i've stood in a lot of breweries now <laughs> um uh so yeah we it, it's it's not something that i would say do don't do this but yes, yes. the word of caution is look at what you're jumping into read the media troll you know talk to and the great and amazing thing about this industry that's what it's you know i found it immediately was oh my god this is the best heartening thing ever is everybody will tell people stuff you you know everybody i, mm. I put people onto board members i put people onto project group members we've got an mm. indie uh, awards advisory committee i put people onto them every you know vast majority is happy to share and so mm. i guess that's the benefit of of what we do is say Talk to as many people as you can. In the end, the one, the, the husband and wife, the two blokes that have brewed in a shed and this is their dream and they've planned it forever, we're probably not going to be able to stop that. No, and I don't think you should stop it in that sort of thing. And I think, but, the, yeah, I think you're right, is that having the right conversations with the right people, particularly around business model, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I think lowering or tempering, those who have aspirations to start a brewery to temper those aspirations, you know, like there's always that dream of like, oh, I'm going to build a brewery. I'm going to put my, my beer in Dan Murphy's. Right. And mm. I still hear it. It's just like, and Good I'm luck like, with that. Yeah, exactly. It's Especially like, do, right do, you, do you really want to sell beer for you, you? I said, you can't make, you can't make your beer for the price that it needs to appear on the shelf in a Dan Murphy's let alone do you want 90 to 120 day payment terms, you know, it's just, mm. but the thing is, is that 
hey, if you think about a brew pub and you instead of selling a keg of beer for $250, $300, you're selling it for $1,200. And not only that, it's like, there's your beer, give me your cash, and it's in your bank account mm. the next day. Look how fresh the beer is. And the beer is really fresh and everyone's having a really good experience. But then there's the challenge of, okay, so you're, you're now not just a brewery, but you're also a hospitality business and there's there's additional challenges around that. Yeah. Um, and you're also then, not attracting the same people because if, if the, if the opportunity exactly. in the market is a small brew pub, there's a lot of people who start businesses who don't have any interest in starting a small brew pub. They want to start something that could be big and they could sell and ultimately you know, IPO or sell to the majors or something like that. And mm. if that pathway is no longer there, people are, people are not going to enter the industry. Um, it's going to be still, I was asked. I was asked this the other day. I've done so many media interviews lately; they're all blurring in. But I was asked this the other day. Do you think that there's still a desire out there, or or a dream that the that the large multinationals are going to come and buy breweries? I said, my personal opinion is no. I don't have any facts no. to up with, but we haven't seen a sale since Stone and Wood. Yes, and no, and but- and. And then they devolve themselves of the other brands that they bought other than Stone and Wood. So, right. But it still gets talked about a lot. Like if you look at the, that filter crowdfunding, which we talked about when that came out, the whole story about it around was, you know, we're doing the crowdfunding because the majors are knocking down our door and we don't want to sell out. Um, if anything, the, the, the majors are, are scaling back operations with, you know, Tiny Mountain in oh, yeah. Townsville being scarback and all that sort mm. of thing, you know, so... It would make no yeah, sense no, for them to buy anyone. They, they already own the no. best brands. And I think That's they'd right. probably invest their money in the latest hard Fanta or hard whatever's going to come out next. Hard rated. It's hard called. rated is what we call it around here, and it's a, it's a bit of a fan favourite from our 12 listeners. That's I probably my fault. I, I, I can't not see it. You know, when, you know when you buy a new car and all of a sudden you see that car everywhere? Yeah. I cannot see. I cannot not see. Again, I live in a small country town, and so the bottle low at the front's got, a, you know, an A-frame. I'm like, oh, you're kidding. And and people, kids, walking down the street with a 10-pack under their arm. I'm like, this is so wrong. It's, Wait, how it's old are these so, kids? It's, so, it's, it's crazy, Kylie, because I've actually done, you know, of all of the, 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 the sensory and beer judging and that sort of thing that I've done over the years, I have done a side-by-side hard rated versus vodka and regular solo and cannot tell the difference it's cheaper mm. just go get a bottle of bloody and solo or something and solo and you're set it's crazy it's a good so, looking can though i don't know i'm a bit of a sucker for it indeed. Again, it's on my, they're making bank on it though isn't it, tap. isn't it exactly it's amazing like they're, they're making absolute bank on this asahi it's absolutely. just absolutely why don't they bother, bother buying thing. another brewery when it, it's it's that. interesting to talk about like consumer consumer tastes and and um you know consumer trends and that sort of thing if we if we bring that back to beer how does the independent brewing industry raise awareness about independent beer um with a million dollars a year, um, and, and that's quite serious. Um, but, you know, awareness raising, um, marketing is where sort of where I came from. Awareness raising is a long game and an expensive game. But we started in 2021 with um, a, a grant and we spent 
70 grand with KPMG and did a bunch of consumer focus groups across the country. We did a survey, a, a, a um, proper survey of 500 drinkers and we did, you know, like this, interviewed, uh, was, was COVID time, so we were all behind a screen, prompted, unprompted, show them logos, what do you with craft, and we, we tried to break down what the perception of craft versus independent and whether or not any of the um, visual recognition, uh, visual signs prompted a response to that's craft or who owns it fundamentally. Fascinating, absolutely gold piece of research and a wonderful process to have gone through because from our understanding and mine, um, other than beer cartel, this work hadn't been done of actually getting consumers and it was uh, light, medium and heavy drinkers but excluded the beer bubble. So we're like, no, we, we don't want to talk to you because you guys are already sold. Mm. Um, and a lot of it was, um, well, we we think this is Australian. I, bu I buy this because I think it's Australian. Who, who owns that? Asahi mm. owns that. And so the, it, that was all saying all the things we wanted to say, right? And so we used that piece of research that went into the 10-year roadmap because KPMG did that as well. And then um, started to build a consumer marketing campaign, went out to a whole bunch of agencies. You know, we're so, we're, we're so income <laughs> income uh, light that, mm. again, trying to get grants, trying to cobble together the money. So we went out, we found an independent advertising agency that would look at coming on this really long journey with us that tried to tell consumers what independent meant and why they should uh, change their purchasing behaviour to support looking for the seal. And there's been debate, again, every, you know, every few months in my time as to why the seal's not available to all independents and 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 I can't, I kind of won't get into that argument. But we spent, last year was the first year of our national consumer campaign and it went really well. Um, it was. It had great recognition and had great click-through, millions of click-throughs to the Ask for Indie website, which is our consumer-facing channels. The videos that we had, a, um, we, we worked with a, a national, quite well-known illustrative artist to do all that. Like, it was super cool. Um, and uh, if the industry wasn't in such strife and therefore our membership income dropping, we would have rolled out phase two of that this year. Mm. And we hopefully will because I'm just going to look at some other grants and see if we can do that. But but we and our members carrying that seal on their packaging, having it on their socials, having it on their website, having visual representations in the brew pub or the tap room, um, we've produced posters, we've produced here's how to use it on your umbrellas, we've coasters, the whole kit and caboodle and made it available to our members. So other than the indie breweries, breweries who are eligible to use that seal and to talk about what independence is, the job's ours. But it's an expensive mm. job and it's a long game. Mm. Can, I, the... can I put in a request? When uh, when Richard, I think, took over as the chair, I I begged him to do a IBA podcast, which you're obviously definitely not going to do. But if you do get a million dollars from the government, can you have like a little line yeah, item in there where you either do a podcast or you know have someone do one? Because I think I think with Bruce News closing, it's on the radar. Okay, mm. okay, all right, right. There you go. I'll <laughs> stop talking. Good. I think I think that's a big hole with Bruce News. Like I, you know, we've okay. seen all the news this week. It 
we didn't need Bruce News to hear about this news, but the the inter- the podcast was very popular, um, and particularly the ones they did where they interviewed the brewers. I think is something the industry doesn't have if they don't keep doing those. Yeah, and and um, you know, big hole left. Big hole left. We mm, all, indeed. you know, we all. I think there's a grief process that, and I and I, <laughs> and I, I laughed when I said that, but it's 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 the truth. I think there's a, a lot of because um, because it's just part of this serious change, and it felt like it all happened at once. You know, there was some major announcements. Beer and Brewer stopped. You know, and and a whole, we announced Brewcon. You know, all the all the stuff that seemed to be like whoa, our world is changing. And mm. so um, it, it is really sad. I'm really happy for um, for Matt's new life adventure, but it does leave a hole. The challenge for us in in doing that, um, it, you know, we would never try and mimic, but to, to fill a hole um, is that Matt was independent and he was able to talk about the tough stuff uh, to a degree that we might not. But... But mm. that's not necessarily, um, you know, you, you probably know that Sabrina Kunz now works for us, you know, the crazy energetic little whirlwind that she is has got us mm. thinking about 10 different ways of doing business, which is absolutely heartening and and the team are, uh, are going hell for leather at trying to um, to do what's best for the industry and, and if that's what's needed then we'll have a look at whether or not that's feasible for us mm. coming back to the um the 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 marketing effort that was done last year and in in particular and i know we've had this conversation before around the the independent seal do you think the independent seal itself has an identity crisis because it doesn't mention beer or brewery this is one of hendo's things it's my thing <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just want to put, I just want to put it out there so everyone else can hear our conversation. That's all. But Hendo and I talked about this. Uh, I want to say it was this time last year. I was in Queensland. Um, yes. We we had the mashup, and you said that to me, and I don't know if I was just too hot, at, you know, because I was baking, or I was like, <laughs> you know, when you're like, is he? Is that really? And you're like, that can't be right. Um, it it will happen. The word beer will be in there without a doubt. We just oh, need that's to- it. I, I I just remember, and, and, and I, know, I know we've had this conversation, I just, I remember when being at Stomping Ground when the independent seal was first revealed, right, and there was a big, uh, and, and again, this is this is big before launch. your time, Kylie, there was the big yeah. launch event and that sort of thing, and then all of a sudden it was like this, all this music, and then, and then the independent seal came up, and it just said certified independent and a picture of a beer, and everyone just goes, oh, like that, and there was no like, yeah. Let's get into it, that sort of thing, you know, and and yeah. So, so are you saying basically that that word I beer is on the cards? Needs to be in there. Yeah, I think beer we're getting or brewery or something. We're getting you know. a yes to basically every question. So, why don't I think we we're doing all right here? Why don't we ask if Coopers can be added to the to the IBA? Oh. Can... This is a lot of chat about that at the minute, you know, and and I don't know if this has got to you, but it's topical. Um, because we've got all these series of town halls around the country at the minute to to talk about our constitution and the changes, potential changes or, or the draft, um, and to listen, hear and and consult about, again, as I said earlier, that next 10 years and what the IBA should look like and what independence should look like. And in that, um, quite simplistically, when I first started, to be very frank, because I was a little naive, um, I, I said, why 
in our constitution, which was a very complex beast. So we've just simplified it as well. But uh, and put a few things that means we can have a for profit arm and a few other bits and pieces again that helps us um, helps us right, potentially, potentially thrive in time. Um, uh, I said, why do we cap membership of the IBA? Why do we cap the amount of liters? So it, mm. it's it says you have to produce under forty million liters a year. Exactly. Yes. yes. Mm. And I was a bit confused because I wasn't involved in the politics because I wasn't here at the time that the uh, IBA constitution was developed. Um, I was able to naively ask that question. And um, and again, 2017, like 40 million would have been, what? You know, none of our yes. Indies are going to get there. But And so the question that followed that, uh, probably a very another very naive question was well why would we if, if an independent if a member got to 40 million why would that mean that they couldn't be defined as independent anymore hmm. and um and so and you know you, asked a, some, great, you asked a great question we've got some right question that are, we've got some breweries that are at 26 million so yes. so you know hopefully um for them that they, they may get there Again, if we're looking in the next 10 years. You want them so, to get to 40 million or 50 million or 100 million. Yeah, exactly. So what we put out, and, and, and again, our Ruru members are the only one that gets to vote, so it's mainly focused on them, but um, uh, was a constitution that didn't have a cap. And as long as you meet the, the, the revised definition of independence, then you could be a member doesn't actually have anything to do with how much beer you produce. So the membership structure in terms of how you buy a membership would still be based on how much beer you produce. Mm. Yeah. Of course, inadvertently, who does that let in? Coopers. Coopers, but they would have to pay a lot of money to join. Well, we need them. Well, exactly, but the IBA would need them, though. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the exactly. funding yeah. and that sort of thing. It's good for the IBA. It's mm. not the reason the cap that the cap was removed, but it does allow that. And so, so what... What's happening at the minute is the consultation, we, we're getting surveys in, we're having these town halls, we're hearing feedback um, and we'll then digest that feedback and make recommendations to the board as to whether or not those changes should stay or go. So mm. at this point in time, for, for your listeners and those that are our members, we really need them to pay attention to that because it mm. changes who we are, it changes, it does change the definition um, and, and will impact some and it um, it changes the board structure. So we'll have hopefully more board roles available. We'll be able to appoint to the board from our associates members as well. Um, and there'll be vacant posi board positions when we have our AGM in November. So mm -hmm. it's important that if anybody is thinking about being involved in the IBA, that they have their say and they do nominate uh, to be on the board because um, we need a good we want a good geographic spread. We want a good size and scale of brewery spread on the board um, and and strategic minds and we'll have some skills based you know requirements. So I would encourage anybody to that's um, looking from the sidelines or even lobbing bombs from the sidelines to to be a part of it. Mm. Love it. Awesome. Well, I think we've definitely taken up enough enough of your time. I really appreciate it. You didn't let me talk about what we're doing in Queensland. Go on then. Oh, please. <laughs> Guys, it's your big thing last week. Because we, 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 we did speak about it last Queensland. week. I mean, 
that's right because we were talking about last week we spoke about state-based organizations mm. and all that sort of thing and please I can tell you I can tell you in in another podcast why I think that those are not sustainable models Hendo state-based um because I've I've come from an industry where from tourism and it happens all you know and they're just it's hard but anyway um, and that's not protecting my patch because we've supported the creation of of new clusters and new groups and lots of people, you know, lots of different structures all over the country. We work super well with Waba um, uh, and, and many others. But what we are doing in Queensland, the problem, the problem will, I think, from what I was listening to last week, and as I said to you via email, I was all fired up and my redhead bone was going off as I was listening <laughs> to it. I'm like, that's not true. They don't know that. <laughs> You know, and, and so I think, again, the human that I am reflects on that and says, okay, well, why doesn't Dan Norris know that? And why doesn't Hendo know that? And if you're not reading our comms, if you're not reading our socials, if you're not engaged, then you probably might not know that. But um, there is a lot of work going on in every state and territory, uh, not necessarily every territory, but definitely every state. And so what's what's happening in you know, we're just working on a craft strategy in WA. We're just about to launch that. We've got a different construct in Tassie. We've developed a, a different model in Victoria. South Australia is the missing link at the minute. But what's happening in Queensland is we've spent now six months, possibly even longer because it went before Brucon, uh, around Brucon, let's say, um, working with the Queensland government to develop the next iteration of what the was the Queensland Craft Brewing mm-hmm. Strategy. The next iteration will be an artisan plan, so it includes distillers. Oh. And so we're working side by side with um, the Department of Manufacturing, who, you know, owns mm-hmm. our industry, and uh, the QDA, so the Queensland Distillers Association. We're all sitting around the table and we've been working on this for quite some time. There was a survey that had come out again in the last six months, which was to inform what went into that new plan. The last point of call um, for that was me sending an email to the guys this week saying, we've seen one version, when are we seeing the next version? Um, Because the Distillers Conference is in um, Brisbane on the 29th and 30th of April and we'd love Mm -hmm. to launch it there. Mm. We're we're not precious about that. We work together very well with the ADA uh, and the local chapters and many of our members are shared heaps of breweries and members of the ADA. Mm. It's a great partnership, I think, if they can make it work. Um, What the problem for me, Hendo, is uh, that it needs, industry needs to see it. Firstly, we need to make sure that what we've worked really hard to put in there that was a missing link, not delivered in the last plan, or what's needed now Mm. is in Mm. there, so is the QDA. And so I'm saying to, to Bill and the team, we need to see it again. They need to see it again. Our board needs to see it again. Mm. And then guess what? The Queensland brewing industry needs to see it before we stand up there and go look at this shiny new thing that we might not be particularly happy with because mm. we've seen what's, what's going to print. Um, I'm confident with the work that we've done and the QDA have done that it will be a really robust and good plan and um, we've really pushed for a whole government approach to its implementation. That was, I think, promised, but I don't believe has happened. And yes. so um, we also sit on the regulatory, the Artisan Licence Committee, and we sit on the other committee and we sit on all of these committees. 
So over here, we were reviewing the takeaway license and over here, we're reviewing the artisan liquor license. And so now it's all in the plan. The planning stuff that you mentioned, the local government framework for um, breweries is, is a, I used to work for local government, so I know how hard that is and I know mm. why they probably haven't achieved it because it's a really tough ask. But it's back in there and it's just a little more robust and there's some easily implementable tick one thing off, do it. Mm. Easy, mm. easy. Give them some guidelines. Super easy. Change the planning scheme, which is what they propose to do, is a really big thing. So mm. I'm, I'm confident that if if the work that we've done is acknowledged and goes into that plan, it includes a whole bunch of stuff around education, as you know, some opportunities for, for better or more outreach, regional uh, education services. Um, it includes the diploma that you mentioned that um, was challenging mm. us to, you know, it required a significant industry contribution that we couldn't make or find. Mm. Mm. And so we're, we're, we're waiting with bated breath, to be very mm. frank. The How problem is this we didn't that... know about that, though, is ours because we yeah. communicate more widely I, um, I, about now that you mentioned issues. Exactly, because now that you mentioned that, I feel like in my unique position, I feel like I might have slipped through the cracks there with regards to the comms and that sort of thing because I'm not a brewery member of the IBA. I'm an associate member get, of the IBA. You still get everything. You still get those cons? And okay, everything, cool. everything that we do now for possibly eight months, I think there's maybe seven or eight editions there is in the magazine, Everything Indie, which can be accessed by the front page of our website. You don't even have to yes. be a member. Okay. And so if uh, is there a committee <laughs> or something within the IBA that, that, that handles state-based issues? Or... Well, it was me until now. Okay, so so should there be a committee or? However, um, in Tasmania, we've got, so under the board, again, all volunteers, uh, huge commitment um, and that they're, they're such a support for us. Uh, under the board, we've got a team of five, some part-time in there. Um, and then we have the Indies Advisory Committee, who's a formal committee of the board. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a bunch of project groups. We've got, as you again identified, volunteer stewards and judges for things like the Indies. But then, um, but then, uh, we've also got, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> um, uh, we've also got what what we call state chapter leads. And in Tasmania, for example, John Burridge is our state chapter lead. Does a huge mm -hmm. amount of work. We, do, we write the grant, we go to the meetings together, same with Perth, same in South Australia. Steve Brockman's our state chapter lead in South Australia. Who is it in all Queensland? Is it, is it Lauren still? Or? All of them amazing. It was Dave um, from Sea Legs. Um, when Lauren came on the board, she sort of took that role because she was sort of on a few committees, so yes. it didn't make sense that it was two people. Um, yes. Lauren has just stepped off the board now. Uh, so one of the roles that will be vacant um, at the AGM in a couple of months is one that she had filled. Um, so those state chapter leads, and we need a new state chapter lead in Victoria as well. So yeah. in the next couple of months, we've got um, a few project groups that we need to recruit some new members just because people have either left the industry yep. Or, yep. Um, or not around anymore. Not, not a huge amount, and we'll recruit for those new state chapter leads um, after we see what our board construct looks like. 
But I'll put a name. I'll put a name forward for the Queensland state chapter uh, role. Adam Shell. Which one? <laughs> think, yeah, you've got you know to which one. I, 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 thanks for that recommendation. Um, yes. it, it's got to come from our membership and, and it does. Else. It would. It this person is from your membership. And He'd be great. Go. He would be great. He would be very good. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see what the board construct looks like. We'll 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 uh, do that first because it's we've got so much on at the minute. Um, we can only sort of focus on one thing and managing the project groups who are all amazing and, and doing heaps is also a bit of work in its own right. But um, the, those local reps. My answer to your question, I guess, is those local representatives are the ones that we work with that translate local issues up. What we also do is survey members twice a year. We ask specific questions related to state, but the vast majority of um, of the advocacy or the lobbying for these things comes from a, our partnership with uh, WABA or with the Southwest mm -hmm. Rules Alliance in, in Margaret River or with Sunshine Coast or with whoever that mm -hmm. is. And if there's not a body or a group or a cluster um, then we just do it ourselves because when I started, we had two plans in place, New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah. And my aim was to have one in every state. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. So That's there's cool. heaps going on um, and, you know, the, the, the challenge for local associations is once somebody has to manage a bank account and do the minutes and somebody then comes in and says, I've got this great idea, let's do a website, then they move on. Volunteerism mm. in this country is really challenged, not just in our industry, yes. but people yeah. are exhausted. And so um, these things are set up with great intentions and great ideas. But what we are doing in response to that, Hendo, and, and have planned for for some time is um, we've got our mashup schedule that will come out soon. Uh, we've committed to two mashups in every state. Sabrina's in Brisbane now, so there'll be more yeah. action, more activity uh, happening in in Queensland for members mm -hmm. engagement um, and we've got Emily our membership manager she is in the, on central coast in New South Wales so now we're not Victorian focused as well with the team yeah yep, we can yep. do a bit more and um, you know we'll have the Waba conference in Perth so we go there I go to South Australia for beer and barbecue we have mashups around that I'm in Tassie next month I'll be in Tassie again in April so we do a lot of travel and wherever that happens, we'll do a mashup similar to what we did last year, but also respect the fact that there's not been enough um, because of the amount of time, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of people on the ground. Uh, yeah. And mm. the, the hard thing for me is, I guess, to delineate where I spend my time on the national issues versus the state issues. Of course. But yeah. Always, I, I, I... Any review we respond to, anything that comes out of liquor licensing, we respond to on behalf of the industry. We've got one at the minute that's about online. Sabrina's writing it because it's due tomorrow. Uh, age verification, which is going to impact everybody, but it's coming mm. in. So we do the research, write a response, share it with members, which hopefully you are seeing our stuff mm. on CBS. We've got the, you know, we've got national harmonisation, one scheme, mm. one register coming. Mm. Mm. Um, so any opportunity we can, we respond and share with our members and ask them to respond as well. So there, mm. there's that, you know, breakdown between what we will do. You know, I even present to, to town planning committees on behalf of breweries. That's how granular 
we get. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, we would we welcome working with everybody and anybody that pops up, but um, it's hard to develop a, a local group and have it sustainable. Yeah, yeah, be sustainable, I should say. Yeah, Kylie, thank you so much for clarifying okay. so much. <laughs> this evening because like you know last week's chat was was just us two dickheads just uh banging on about stuff and not being particularly well informed but it's great to have you on the show to sort of help to set the record straight and that sort of thing and we really appreciate it and that sort of thing so kylie thank you yes and that was fine. excellent thank you kylie much nice. appreciated see ya nice to see you dan see you later. have a great evening cheers bye Can I wee? Yeah, you can wee. <laughs> and that was really good. Yeah, that was good. She was great. That just set the record straight for me on so many different things. Eh? Are you drinking wine now? I only have one beer. so You literally yeah. just spoke to the CEO of the Independent Brewers Association. Now you're drinking wine. That is true, but we spoke about wine, and I did have a beer before. So oh, good. I've got a Hawker's... Um, you want to hear a funny story? Sure. So this Hawker's Hazy IPA that I'm currently drinking was the last can of Hawker's in Common Ground Cellars. Oh. Hawker's beer ever. Sold out. Oh, right. What do you mean? Like as in this week? As in I went down there this afternoon trying to find some Hawker's and there was one can left. Oh, because people are buying it. Because people are buying it. In support, do you think? And that... Californicator that I just had was delicious as well. Nice. So, yeah, that was a great chat, though. I was really uh, that, you know, sometimes like, <laughs> you know, us and our fucking dead wrong policy. It's like, yeah. you know, we, we can we can talk opinions and make shit up. But when you hear it from the source, it kind of changes your perspective on it and that sort of thing. So that was really good of Kylie to come on. Yeah, no, I think it was good because I, because I know, I know what that's like when you listen to people talk about you or talk about what you're doing and you're kind of like in the back of your mind and you're like, no, that's not true, that's not true. And it just sort of pisses you off. But yeah, she, she didn't seem pissed off at all. She was just no, no, not at a all. Lot of good it was good. So. She just she just filled in the gaps and a lot of missing pieces that you and I had and that sort of thing. Me in particular, and um, it was good good to good to get that. Um, uh, you know, that backfill of of missing pieces of information, that sort of thing. I feel like I'm missing the the, the comms though. And and well that's and that's she... the thing I was I was wondering about because every week we do the podcast, I check the IBA yeah. news thing on their site to because I look at all the news sites because you know this is what we do. We talk about the news. Mm. I very rarely get anything from the IBA um yeah news yeah. sites so i don't know if i'm going probably to a, a, a topic for a, for a future conversation that sort of thing i think i having a fucking podcast is a great idea like the nba have their podcast which is very technical in nature but i think for the i you know, how much does it cost us to do this podcast i yeah but i i fully understand what she's saying about just you know the you, time you people, people coming in as volunteers and they're keen yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden they leave three months later. It's volunteers is just impossible. It's hard. Yeah. Super You'd have hard. to pay. So, I mean, like. You would. I volunteer to spend a couple of hours a week on a Thursday with you. And it's hard. Yeah. Would you do it if, if the IBA paid you $30? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, other industries do it for sure. Yes. 
Yes. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Maybe we can help. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I do sort of worry. Like, I think the bruise news bit where, you know, they were super critical all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know if that helps too much. I just think just the telling of the stories is really good. It's like this mm. episode we had today. Like, you don't really know until you talk to the person who's kind of in control right. at all and you get the get it from the horse's mouth. And that that's yes. that's the part of the Bruise News podcast that I also like when they interviewed the brewers and told the stories and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I did put in the um, group questions for Kylie and I, I only – I saw Formula One questions in there. Right. It was was absolute (laughs) shite in there. So I ignored it. I'm Um, glad we didn't ask her any Formula One questions. Yeah. So I ignored it. That was the reason. So if anyone's offended, because then I looked at the end of the chat and I noticed there is actually one or two good legitimate comments in there. Um, But I I wasn't going back there after after an hour and 15 minutes of (laughs) talking. Thank you for whoever the 12 posted those questions. Thank you. Sorry we missed them. We, they got yeah. lost in the Formula One questions. We weren't prepared to ask Kylie. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also have my own dead wrong. So last week I, I mentioned that I couldn't find the Oz Beer Voyage, Aussie Beer Voyage on the Apple Podcast app when we were talking about that. It's there, isn't it? It's definitely there because Adam Shell mm. immediately texted me after the show. Yes, gave you um, the link. Yeah, dead gave me the link. So that's a little little dead wrong for me from last week. Um. I mean, that's it's already been over an hour. Do you want to? Do, is there anything else to talk about? That's pretty. We can do Hendo reacts and then wrap it up if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we know the news this week. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So yeah, all um, right. Let me bring I, I this over to just quickly on the news. I did talk to. I don't know if you've spoken to Mazin, but, but he's obviously right oh, in the middle of this whole. I have spoken to Mazin. Okay. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you what he said when I spoke to him on the phone? No. So I, I sent him a text message on the, the day the VA was announced and that sort of thing, and he rang me back straight away because that's Mazin. And, he does and that. I love yeah. him. I love him to bits and that sort of thing. And I asked him if he would come on the show to sort of explain the situation that's a, and that sort of thing. And he said, look, if I can, I will, and, and as soon as I can, I will come on the show and I'll explain the situation. So yes, we're not going to. So, so you and I are not going to pass comment about hawkers or big shed BAs or anything like that. I think that the big the thing that I find unique about the big shed VA is they've been very active on social media uh, about the VA. The thing mm. that I've admired and respected about the the hawkers VA is that they've upped the business as usual social media stuff. Mm. You know, and and you know all the the. The, the barrel age releases and all that sort of stuff. And and I think in, in this particular situation, uh, nothing more needs to be said, but Mazin has indicated to me if, if, that he may like to come on the show later to explain the, the circumstances around his when he's able to, because you have to understand yeah. that, that in his situation at the moment, he is not a, technically a director of his company so he can't speak on behalf of his company and that sort of thing um there, there's it, and it's a straight up legal requirement and that sort of thing so when he's able to he's indicated that he would maybe he will maybe he won't let's see yeah that's good and obviously those i mean Madison's obviously a friend of ours so that yeah. one's a, a painful one to see but also that, Big shit, guys. That our, our previous guest and, of the show as well. Exactly, and and um, you know, and and I've I've done a lot of work with the um, 
big shed boys, particularly, you know, last year in 2022 and that sort of thing. And that, that both of those this week were particularly because they're friend, you know, friends that we speak to quite frequently. That was, that was a hard pill to swallow. So, yeah. 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 Right. Um, a lot of Hendo reacts because well, I think we skipped it last week and I had a few saved up. So you can you can do a, a fast. Are Hendo we going to get copyright struck for this shit or what? Can you do the the special backgroundy thing you did last time? That was cool. Yeah, fuck the, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, do I just yeah. share sound? Share sound. Yeah, always. Uh, do I do the thing? That's it. That we'll one. That. Do that. that one. Yeah. Or this one. Can you see that already? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. That's cool. Should I do, do that, that one? Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Uh, which. How am I looking? Yeah, there we go. That's cool. There we go. We're yeah. looking good. <laughs> um, it's my birthday today. I turned fifty. Yes, happy birthday, Henry. I'm. I, I meant to tell that to Kylie, and I just completely just didn't get the ah, opportunity right. to. But right. you got the happy birthday from me, so that'll that'll do. Thank you. Coming on Saturday. Hundred percent. I wouldn't miss your sixtieth for the world. <laughs> Who's next? Hi, mate. Uh, just a midi, thanks. Midi? What the hell is a midi? Is it a mid strength or oh. you thought potential was high. Uh, I think he means a pot. <laughs> a what? I get it. It's called a 10, guys. Hey, you mean handle? Are uh, you talking schooners? Guys, these are schooners. Nah, they are pints. <laughs> what? I'm gonna need another one now. <laughs> Here? The biggest one you've got. You'll grab a pint. Yeah. Ooh, that seems a bit big for me. I'll grab a pint. Oh, you mean an imperial pint? Ew! What is wrong? Oh, I'm gonna call my We're normal in South Australia. I'm also here. P-I-N-T. Can I get a half pint? <laughs> oh, the soundtrack was good too. <laughs> that was very good. Who were these guys? I have no idea. I don't even know how. I get... Some people send me these, which is good. So if you're listening yeah. and you have a, a Dude, good one to send, slide into my DMs on fucking... TikTok. Yeah. Adam Shell sends me some shit. Yeah, he's good. All right, here we go. Instagram. <laughs> what the? <laughs> it's a couch. It's a roller coaster bar. Are they just sitting there as a TV? No, they're sitting on a roller coaster having beers and durries and shit. Interesting. I don't know what's going on there. All right, TikTok, here we go. Put it on my phone. Oh, Jack Daniels, Apple. Whiskey ASMR. Adam Shell would have sent this to you. You know how hard it is to make those clear ice cubes? Oh, my God, it looks extremely hard. I have no idea. Fuck. I just like the sound effects on these things, like that shaving. That was amazing. That's ASMR, mate. I love that. Love that. People jerk off to this shit. Wow, I don't know about that. <laughs> I haven't bought the apple yet. Oh, that looks delicious, though. How good does that look? That looks delicious. Adam Shell would be doing this right now. He, he's like, he's the cocktail making champion of Australia. Yeah, I should. Um, I should. Ooh, is that so? What was that name? But I assume this is that soda water. This to me. Is that soda water? See, looks like he's going to pull it out. He doesn't know. He's just no, no, he's mixing up the spirit. Mixing, yeah. That looks bloody delicious. Okay. Oh, you can hear him drink. Yeah, he's got a little gulp noise. That's it. His whole channel is <laughs> ice and liquor. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Fuck. All right. This is buying on TikTok.
One of your number one is Beer Never Broke My Heart. Time span or no? What? And you're Luke Time Span? Shotgun Beer. Yes. I want you to show me. I don't know who this is. Performed by professional. Luke Combs? No, 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 don't do that. No, no, no. Oh, you did that? Yeah. Okay. Fucking legend. Is that a country music singer? No, okay. Not yet. <laughs> so, can I go? Sure, if you want to. Might spray, though. He's teaching this young journalist how to no. do a okay. shotgun. I put some lipstick, I'm sorry. That's all good. Okay, so, so you have a key here. Yeah, right? I have a okay. key. So your air bubbles, right? Because he has a song called Beer Never Broke My Heart, and he does a shotgun right when he sings it. I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm an amateur. Okay, so I'll trade you I'm back, you can have the lipstick. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the most important thing is, when you open this, okay. You have to be ready to drink it because if this hole is facing the ground, the beer is just going to come out that way. Yeah. So I'll go, go and go. then you go. This I is not responsible go. drinking yeah. of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Very but, no, but it's, I just because okay, I'm a Luke Combs fan and I got quickly drunk that shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so go up, other way. Now cracker, and it's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> come yeah, it quick. comes out very quick, but it's very fresh. <laughs> My son will see me on TV. Will say, "Oh, mom, I was so ashamed." I know. I'm sure my son knows to do that. Son wondering was how he was born in the first place. Anyway, uh... <laughs> I believe That's that the so serious funny. people listen to the first part of the episode and not the second part of the episode. No, 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 this is crazy. All right, next one. Here we go. When you get to the point when I am watching a tennis final and not Silverstone, and my son, oh. who grew up with cars, obviously, is watching the cricket rather than Formula One, something is wrong with That's Formula One. At the moment, Formula One says, right, Azerbaijan, Sochi, wherever it may be, we get money from those governments to stage a Formula One track there. That's Great. True. Nobody turns the, the race. The grandstands are empty. The track is drivel, you can't overtake on it. Nobody watches it on TV because it's boring, because Mercedes are going to win and there won't be any overtaking. And if I'm there is, the stewards will say, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you've got to start from the back next time out. That's not sport, that's not interesting, that's not exciting. That's ridiculous. The world is full of people who will take risks. Always has been. Put them in the cars, let them go wheel to wheel, don't have any stewards. I don't know, 16 races a day if it, that's what it takes. You start from the back if you win one. I don't I don't care. Radicalise it. Totally change it. How's those Thoughts? eyebrows? Uh, Jerry Cl I don't know if that's recent. No, I think it's 2022, late 2022, when Mercedes yeah. are winning everything. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Clarkson's eyebrows needs to trim that shit. That's what you took away from that whole thing. Yeah. Your yeah. eyebrows. 100%. Okay. All right, Facebook, here we go. Facebook, Adam Shell, here we go. Oh, yeah. Piker <laughs> Brewing, two minutes home, 16 look at the captions. minutes. No, look at the caption. It's just, it comes up automatically. Every time I leave work, it's like my car just knows things. <laughs> it assumes he's going to Piker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen on Saturday. He's like, oh, welcome to Adam Shell's house. Oh, hopefully he won't be driving. <laughs> I hope he's not driving. Yeah. He's going to be it's fucking drinking, I'll tell you what. It's the 60th, mate. It's a big day. There'll be Adam Beer on tap. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. I still haven't tried oh, it. Oh, my God. Notifications you got going on there. Yeah. Going on? Oh, wait, not going to get copyright struck. Anyway, okay. this is the um, uh, this is the Your Mate's neon sign out the front of the brewery catching on fire, and uh, the music is Hot Stuff Baby Tonight. 
Okay. And um, wow, um, I'm glad everybody is safe first mm. and foremost. Um, and um, that electrician needs to be fucking fired. And the big fire on the ground as well. That's hectic. Look at yeah, that well, all the plastic melted. That's the thing. I thought that shit was supposed to be fucking fireproof. Mm. You think of the, the, like, the shit that hangs around a brewery that if there was just something near that, that, that could have been bad. Yeah, that could have been very bad. Um, I saw some um, posts from um, Chris McGarry afterwards uh, and, and Hep as well saying everyone was safe. Probably the most important thing is it that they took away and posted online was that they said that we learned some stuff that day. And, you know, there's some things that about our, our evacuation plan that was not right. We're going to fix it and prove it. And thank God it's like a relatively minor event like that um, with a, a neon sign so that they can actually go, right, okay, here's what we need to improve. Because one day maybe shit might go down and they need to do some real shit in a really dangerous situation and they'll be better prepared for it. So that's yep. really cool. So yeah, I hope everything's okay. Fire your fucking electrician. Or not. I don't know. Your neon sign make that better. What have we got here? Facebook? Boston the Brewer? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Now, I've actually got this seen. one with would you like to see this one with sound? I've got it with sound. Oh yeah, okay. Well you saved this? Oh you probably have this in your training. Oh, I've re-recorded it. So uh let's see here. I'll tell you what doesn't have sound is the last 20 minutes, the 20 seconds of this podcast, which I'm going to have to edit out. All right, here we go. I don't want to do, and I'm not going to do. Okay, here we go. All right, you ready? I've got this one with sound. Uh, so for those listening on audio only, this is a post done by Back Channel Brewing Company. Uh, and it's a guy who's standing in a in a brewery cellar who is about to get blasted with beer that's, that's in a tank carbonated, ready to go. Let's go. Let's have a look. Oh, this is longer okay. too. Does, is it, oh, is that the end of it? That's the end of it, yeah. End, um, yeah. Okay, so here's the go, right? So I take this shit really fucking seriously, right? Um, because I've been involved in a, in, a, in a major workplace incident involving mm. a pressure vessel and that sort of thing. This shit makes me feel really uncomfortable. So <clears throat> accidents like this don't just happen just out of the blue. Like, you didn't just walk up to the tank and flick the fucking triclover and then shit comes out of the tank and that sort of thing. There's things that went wrong in the lead up to that. Um, you know, firstly, um, I think what happened is he was actually cleaning and rebuilt because he had the carb stone in his left hand. In his left hand mm. And he actually held on to it whilst he was knocked flat in his ass, right? And so... Um, um, some people were saying he got hit in the chest with the carb stone. He didn't. It was actually in his hand. He was re re he was cleaning the tank and he was rebuilding the tank. The tank next to it. Right. Mm. You see the tank next to it? It's got the manway door open. Yeah. That's the tank he was working on. Right. Right. And he accidentally went up to the tank next to it, which is identical, and took out or was a blank, like a like a tricolor blank disc. 
yeah. uh, thinking that he was taking the blank out of the tank that he was cleaning. Um, so the the thing that the, the things that led up to that was that there was no indication to tell that particular brewer what tank he was working on. Which is because very common, there was some, isn't it? Because there's because there was some hoses hanging over the tank that he actually blew open. Don't use your fucking tanks. Store hoses. Hoses. What do you mean it was have co a covering up like a, a identification it, number or something? It, well, no, no. The, the identification number is above it, and right. that's the other thing. Those those tank number identification things are well above eye height. Not eye level. Yeah, they're not at eye level, right? Lots of breweries don't even have don't even have an uh, identification exactly right. Brewers so so he's misidentified the tank, right? He's not seen the tank number because it's too fucking high. He's reached through hoses that are hanging on a tank that should not be stored there, right? Your vessels are for storing beer, not fucking hoses, right? Mm -hmm. And. Um, and the other thing that happened there was, if I can rewind it, rewind it, I'll just replay it. Oh, here we go. Right. So, um, so he's 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 misaligned the tank that he's mis misidentified the I tank that he's working on. There's no sign on the tank that he's cleaning to say that it's being cleaned. Mm. So it's a, that's another thing that's helped him to sort of misidentify the tank. He's not wearing any safety glasses. Hmm. He got blasted in the chest with with a shitload of beer, with probably a lot of alcohol in it, and he's lucky he's not uh, with such pressure. Mm. He's lucky he's not blind. Yeah, right? not and... to knock him across out of out of view almost. Like, look at him. Before this accident happens, he's reaching through a reel of hose, right on the wrong tank. He's had a, mom a momentary lapse of fucking judgment. He can't see the fucking tank identified. There's a lot of shit around there too. It's pretty tight. There's, there's a lot, the exactly. Floor, it's a tight space and that sort of thing. He's got his PPE beanie on. Thank fuck for that. But he's not wearing any fucking safety glasses. If you're in a wet area in a brewery and you're not wearing safety glasses, something wrong with you. Um, he's then got he he's he's opened a tank. He's not greeted the tank. Okay, so every time you go to work on a tank. You greet the tank. And by what I mean by greet the tank is you either you both check the pressure gauge to make sure it's zero, or you look at all the valves like the blow-off valve, or look at all the valves to see if there's a, a valve open and the tank's not locked up. Right. Because if the tank's locked up, it means it can hold pressure, therefore it's a, a hazard. If there's a valve open, then you're okay. Right? It's 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 not pressurized. And he hasn't greeted the tank. Every time you go to do something on a tank, <clears throat> even if it's the 10th time of the day, you greet the tank. Hmm. Right? And he hasn't done that. Um, that blast, the pressure that was in that tank is phenomenal. And so, and the other thing that he's done is after the fact of the 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 the, the beer coming out of the tank, um He's tried to get the carbonation stone uh, into the port that he's blown open, took the blank out of, right? Incidentally, he's lucky he hasn't fucking... Um, fucking head injury. He's lucky he hasn't killed him, either broken mm. a rib or 
put or or given him an injury on the back of his skull because he hit 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 the hit a tank and that sort of thing. Look at the force of the beer coming out of that tank. Crazy, it's barely even buckling. That's, it's it was I, horizontal. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure in that tank. Oh yeah. Right? And that's not gravity pressure. That's that's fucking head pressure in that tank, mm. right? Anyway, so here, here's what he does. He gets up, he picks up the carbonation stone, and he tries to, he tries to stop the flow with the carbs. It ain't happening. Old mate in the orange fucking jumper there, and he's also he's wearing his PPE beanie, yeah. by the way. Must be cold wherever the fuck back channel brewing is. Um, has um, He's decided, fuck this, I've had enough, I'm out of here. Um, and so if you are a brewer and you find yourself in this situation where you have a tank blowing out uncontrolled, maybe you've taken the back triclover off a valve or something like that, every brewery should have hanging on the wall an open butterfly valve with a triclover gasket glued to it. Right? This is your this is your oh fuck valve. Let's call it the oh fuck valve, right? Um, because if you find yourself in this situation, you're not putting a carb stone back in that that mm. port. You're not putting a butterfly valve on that port if it's closed. And the only way you're 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 shutting off the flow of that beer is to put an open valve on that port and then closing the valve. Mm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So every brewery must have hanging on the wall an open butterfly valve with a triclover gasket glued to it. Right. Because if the beer's flowing out, you're not going to get the fucking gasket in, right? So glued, glued, and also right next to it, a, 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 a clamp, okay? And so if this shit happens, you grab that valve with the gasket glued to it, you put it over the port, and then you put the gasket on, then you close the valve. Mm. That's that's called your oh fuck valve. Nice. And that should be on the wall in every brewery. And no brewery would ever know that unless they had... There's some the sort of education process like we have where you train people in this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, because, um, because before that, it was just, you're just guessing. Brewers would just do what uh, I Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, look, sorry to get all fucking, you know, heavy about the... Um, um, no, I think it's really you know, important. The, 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 the thing, but like I've been in an accident with pressure. Mm. Oh, God, it's so preventable it's so fixable when it happens and that sort of thing and um i'm glad this guy's okay you know that's yeah that's uh that's that's super super important anyway is that the second last one yep am i the last one usa today here we go gin and juice redux dr dr oh. dr dre snoop dog collab on premix cocktail 30 years after hit song gin and juice snoop dog is the only person we follow on instagram now he's going to be Spamming yeah. us with gin and juice. Could be our next sponsored beverage. Apricot, citrus, melon, passion fruit. Like seltzer. Yeah. The gin. But Snoop Dogg. And juice. Mind you, I've Rolling tried Snoop Dogg's wine. And it uh, well, as a song, bad. though, how the lyrics go? Rolling down Rolling the street. Sipping on gin and juice. Sipping on gin and juice. Laid, laid back. back. With my mind and my, my money, mind, my, my money, money, my money, 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 and my mind. That's it. It's got to be better than his rosé. That is dumb shit. It's real bad. There you go. All right. Good work.
Good way to spend your your 60th birthday. Solid. Thanks. Yeah. Well, welcome to the future. <laughs> but I'll see you on it. Saturday, mate. It's going to be good. I've I've spent the um, I spent all day today um, digging out um lots of old photos. Um, so those who know me well don't actually know me well, and what I'm really looking forward to on Saturday night is that um. There's going to be a lot of people from a lot of different chapters of my life, right? Um, there's going to be friends from when I used to work in IT, uh, friends from university when I was like, this is like 1991, that sort of thing. Uh, friend, you know, um, there's going to be friends from when I was a tour guide in Europe. There's going to be friends from... Um, you know the beer. The beer, beer is just a small chapter of my life, and that sort of thing. And I've had a very, I'm very grateful for having made it to fifty. Um, there's a lot. Give me a lot of photos, and you're in there, Dan. Sorry, um, on on the TV screen. That's going to um, show a lot of different chapters of my life. And my advice to you, Dan, and to um, to Aaron as well is. Um, You'll have your wristband on so you can get free beers. Ooh. And go and if you see someone you don't know who's wearing it, go and have a chat to that person. All right. Don't don't just don't don't fucking just stick to the beer people. Go chat to the people who you don't know that are wearing the wristband and go and meet someone from a very different chapter in my life, and you'll probably get an interesting story out of it. So are you going to have to do some sort of PowerPoint presentation? What are you doing with all these? Yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a TV screen. There's just going to be photos going through. I've got about six hundred photos that are just going to rotate through, and nice. you're going to see some really interesting stuff um, that I have not revealed to even people that I'm very close with. Wow! Because I think it's important that people see at such a milestone that they see these these different things that you've not seen. I feel like I've seen enough, but all right, I'll take you. Take you. No, 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 no. It's it's fun. It's fun. Okay. You'll see me all in right. another G string. It's. Oh wow. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Love it, mate. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. I'll see you on Saturday. See you Saturday, mate. See. You.